Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One. What's up, Blue Jays fans? Brandon Panikar in the driver's seat this week with my co-passengers, co-hosts, Adam Corsair from Rhode Island and Craig Borden from Rochester, New York. What's up, fellas? What's going on? It's a deal. Same as old. <laughs> Just cooking. Same as old. Yeah. A lot Just like of- what I guess the new hot stove season is, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was. Uh, I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, I was telling Craig before we started actually recording the pod that it felt like 107 Fahrenheit here yesterday, 42 Celsius. With the humidity. It was toasty. That is slightly crazy for. <laughs> yeah. We had that close to that, the 100. We broke 100 for the first time here in Rochester, New York, for like in 10, 15 years, something like that. There's a point where it's not pleasant anymore, right? Like, I can deal with Arizona dry heat if it gets up to like the high 30s or close to 100. But beyond that, if it's humid, no, stay inside. But still went outside for my runs. But by the time I got back, it looked like I jumped into a pool. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) Nice. Well, guys, we got a uh, shit ton of Blue Jays uh, to talk about. There's a lot of news, as we were joking about. Like, all in the last three hours. <laughs> oh, all in the last three hours, absolutely. <laughs> and I kind of want to steer the initial discussion and kick us off with uh, the bubble that is drawing some ire uh, these days. We can get into maybe the ire part later, but since our last recording last week, Thursday... The Blue Jays have made it to Canada, at least 40-something of them. I'm not sure if the other 12 have made it up to Toronto yet, but at least over 40 made it. I think it was Sunday or Saturday they had arrived. They are here. They are at the Rogers Center. We are seeing the inter-squad games uh, from social media feeds. We are seeing all the beat writers that are granted access, all their reactions and videos. Just tell me, boys, honestly, Craig, you go first. What is your initial reaction when you're seeing all of this? Is it exciting for you? Hearing a Boba Shett home run in a vacant ballpark kind of was a little epic. I don't <laughs> know about you guys, but, that you know, they talk about the sound off of somebody's bat and knowing when they're going to be a major league player or not. <laughs> I think echoed through probably the whole vacant street of everywhere in Toronto, and that was just insane to watch on social media, not to mention the Apo Taco from Roddy Telez. I don't know who that was off of, though. I wish they would have posted who. I couldn't tell in the video feed who they were actually hitting those home runs off during that air squad game, but that would be interesting to know. I think Shoemaker was one of them. Uh, I'm not sure if he gave up both, but Shoe started yesterday, and I think he went. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it was really cool to see, especially the not just the the action, right, the inter squad action, but the uh the batting practice before it seeing vladdy like hit a, a couple dingers out of there and hearing that sound as you guys mentioned that sweet swing of boba just nice and fluid right through just like okay it's back and then like reuse curveball i don't know if anybody saw that oh but it was God. A, yeah it was <laughs> a thing of beauty um so Me all Buckler that's great sum it up <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and I, I know there's a lot of nuances that we need to talk about when it comes to the state of things in the Dome, but the fact that they were playing baseball and the fact that there was, you know, live action, for lack of a better way to put it, um, really it brought a sense of calmness and a sense of summer back to to the situation that we're dealing with right now. So it was pretty welcoming, I'd say. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I see all this and it got the blood pumping a little bit, just getting excited. But at the same time, I know we've been talking about the entire lead up to this point where it just doesn't feel morally right to be excited because guys, I know that they are uh, accepting the conditions that they're playing in, uh, given the landscape of things, and they'll be traveling to some of these hotspots around North America has it kind of seeing all these videos got you excited enough where some of your concerns have kind of dropped off a little bit because I kind of feel myself personally like a little bit of a hypocrite because I just got extremely excited yesterday. I'm like, Oh, I'm pumped for opening day now. Like if they get there, I cannot wait Six thirty start. I cannot wait to see Hunjin Ryu take the mound. I don't know. Do you guys feel that way too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think, look, I've been talking to my friends about this a lot and the fact that I'm excited about, you know, sports in general coming back. I think that's a great thing. But at the same time, I'm saying to myself, first of all, I don't think it's going to finish. I don't, I don't think you're going to see the entire 60 games. I just don't have that confidence. And you can call me pessimistic if you want and a Debbie Downer. That's fine. I'm just looking at the state of affairs in the, the United States specifically and in Florida. It doesn't look good. Um, it doesn't look like it's getting any better as we off air. We're talking about the cases in Florida alone over okay. 11,000. So um, I don't think it's going to be finished. Um, I do have concerns when it comes to players, except especially when it comes to travel. I don't know uh, how they're going to mitigate that. How are they going to reduce the risk of transmission, especially if you're walking through airports, which is probably inevitable, especially if you're traveling cross country. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see how they're going to do it. So, yes, there is a moral dilemma with me when it comes to the Blue Jays playing, but at the same time seeing them practice, I'm sort of saying to myself, uh, I like seeing them practice. Maybe they could practice for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, just that. watch Epic Bo Bichette home runs after home runs. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. go from there. Yeah. Yeah, if they want to use stuff. their condos and stuff that they've paid for, do your two weeks in the hotel, and if you don't leave, stay. Yeah. Stay in the city. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> and it could be blue, blue versus Jays. That's that's yeah. just what yeah. we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we now know that Sportsnet is televising two inter-squad games on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. I know I'll be tuning into that. It's going to get me excited to watch, even if it's yeah. inter-squad games, just getting some action going. Craig, are you going to be tuning in for that? Pause, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if that means that my MLB.TV subscription will actually be worth the freaking $100 I spent on it back in February, yeah. you know? <laughs> Because I never asked for the refund. I was just assuming they would carry me over till next year or whatever. I really should probably look into that. <laughs> so, but in the midst of this, it's just going to be nice to actually see them, even to see them having fun and goofing around and anything right now is better than what we've been getting. I'm sorry. I'm getting sick of reruns, guys. Though, as much as I love reliving the glory years of Toronto Blue Jays baseball and my other sports moments and everything like that, it is nice to actually start seeing some things that might be some new memories for a change instead of this stuff that has been, you know, already etched so echo, you know, solid into my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't need to even hear Tom Chick call Joe Carter's home run anymore. It's all up here. <laughs> Just saying. 
So it'll be good to see something normal back to, you know, I, I, I was astonished that here in New York State, on my side of New York, over by Buffalo and Rochester, New York here, I might, I actually played softball on Monday night. And guess what? I didn't Did die. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I can only get so, you know, social distancing has a whole new meaning when you're the only jackass standing in right field. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> but so no. you're, you're not in a bubble when you're playing uh, softball. No, but we uh, the, the what the park we play in more or less is just a backstop. So we just stayed like ten feet away from each other, you know, three meters. <laughs> no big deal. Just exaggerate it and yelled at each other. And then um the the only thing that I was worried about was we all share bats. So oh my god, I brought batting gloves. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, you got gloves. At least that's that's like positive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when I got home, I took a shower and did everything disinfected I could, and I think it's back to normal, right? <laughs> well, Craig, after that softball game, you got to go back to your home. Uh, and yeah. let's get into the actual uh, nice segue uh, with that. Points. Uh, I'll talk up points to myself uh, for that, <laughs> picking up on that. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's been some mixed reactions to say the least. Uh, today uh, with Travis Shaw and Randall Grittrick voicing some concerns over the Rogers Center bubble. Now, for everybody who doesn't know, I think we covered this last week, but the players have to stay in the confines of the Rogers Center. They can go down, work out in the gym, they can use the pool, they can use all the facilities and amenities that are in the Rogers Center and in the Rogers Center Hotel, but you cannot leave. And if you do leave, you are hit with a $750,000 fine and could potentially face jail time. That's according to Scott Mitchell uh, of TSN. He's the beat writer for TSN. Now, Travis Shaw saw this eight hours ago, according to Twitter, after Scotty Mitchell tweeted that, and Travis Shaw quote tweeted it and said, we were told two weeks, dot, 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 not all summer, dot, dot, dot. All summer is a bit much. And then he got going, some people started replying, and he said, all summer isn't going to happen. Not an option. Uh, he also posted a series of three tweets that were formulated in a rant. Uh, to summarize it, he was basically saying, I have a paid condo uh, a block away from the Rogers Center that I won't be able to use. We've been If we're here for two weeks, I want to be able to go back there and use it because I bought it and I'm paying for it and go out and about and just immerse myself into the culture is pretty much what he said. So we're already seeing some issues with Travis Shaw. Um, in terms of that. Now, gentlemen, do you think that the Blue Jays need to nip this in the butt? Because there could be some confusion here. It's going back and forth with Brendan Kuhn on Twitter. Uh, could there be some confusion into how the quarantine act it was presented to the team? Or is Travis Shaw thinking entirely on his own, separate of the rest of the team? Because that is another issue in itself that the organization may need to deal with. Adam, what do you think? I can't see the Blue Jays as pretty much detailed on the inside, right? And obviously not when it comes to what they give to the media or to the fans. They sort of are experts in posturing when it comes to that. But when it comes to details within the organization, I can't imagine that they would be vague when it comes to how they're going to handle it. Maybe Travis Shaw heard two weeks and said, okay, a total of two weeks, no matter what, when what the Blue Jays said was probably every time you come back to Toronto, it's two weeks in the dome. Um, my attitude about this has been simple. Look, I know it sucks. I know it's an inconvenience. I know it's annoying. I know it's not what everybody wants. But this is what's going on. 
You are not above Travis Shaw. You are not above the citizens of Toronto. You are still bound by the laws of Toronto. So you have two options. You either opt out or you suck it up. That's it. That's the only thing you can do unless the Blue Jays transfer to a different town, Buffalo, to a different town or city, <laughs> which I don't know the, 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 the realities of that. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But as of things stand right now, you either opt out or you suck it up. That's, that's my attitude when it comes to it. Craig? Yeah. I'm going to say I fall pretty much in line with Adam on this one. You can't compromise the city or any, not to mention anybody even around the ballpark and everything like that just for the fact that you want to go grab a, what, a donut down the street or mm. whatever it might be. <laughs> or, you know, you run, in, run into Brandon Panic car for a freaking, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Joe Biagini-like episode for a candy bar. Don't tell the trainer. <laughs> um, <laughs> stuff like that. But, guys, you... The reason that I was under the impression they wanted to train in Toronto was some of those things that exactly what Brendan alluded to. The fact that it has all the creature comforts of a training facility. So I know I get the idea of being able to go out and immerse yourself in a city that you're playing for. But in a time like this, when you still have like a weight room, a pool, this, that, whatever, literally pretty much more than a lot of people have probably right now during their quarantining. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm glad I have a house during this quarantine. I don't know how some of these people are dealing with some of the little tiny places I've been in in the city of Toronto that um, you are stuck and stuck. And it's a yeah. one-bedroom place, and I'm sorry about that. that. Is anybody else shocked that, that Travis Shaw was able to find a condo in Toronto that quickly to even have a place to go to five feet from the ballpark? Money talks, Craig. <laughs> I wish I had some. That's all I'm going to say. You guys don't help me pay these bills that very well from this. I don't know. <laughs> I hear you. He I can tell you, seven hundred fifty k is more yeah. in my house. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a condo outright with that five. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, I'm a firm believer that this is the same. This is the same stuff we're doing here in the states. New York right now has a travel ban on a lot of states here in the U.S. and Florida being one of them, where these guys were all training. Even if they were coming here into New York, they would have had to do the same thing: two weeks of quarantine, self quarantining, and Sorry, deal with it. <laughs> right. And they're going to Florida 10 times. 10 yeah, times yeah. throughout the season. So, yeah. look, the problem is, is that there's no longer than two-week stretch that they're going to be in Toronto. Right? So, no matter what, every time they have a home game, they have to stay in that hotel. They have to. And I understand mm -hmm. that's difficult. And I understand that could take a mental toll. I'm not insensitive to that. I understand that if that's an issue we it's going to have to be dealt with but unfortunately right now the only way to deal with it is to opt out you you are not above the law i don't i i don't think that it is worth potentially endangering the citizens the regular people of toronto just because you want to go to your condo travis Shaw? i'm sorry I, i'm not i'm not sympathizing with that yeah no, i'm sure you can dude. find a way out backing out of that lease just just say yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> just buy the place outright or do whatever you got to do yeah. uh, it, yeah. It sounded like he owns it, which I guess that's good. I'm not sure if he's going to be ever living there. Depends what happens this year. But there was a second player who voiced their opinions as well, guys. Randall Gritchick replied to um, a person on Twitter named at Tara underscore fabulous. She says, it's two weeks every time you leave and then enter Canada again. You shouldn't be exempt because you're an athlete. Our government is keen on keeping our population safe. All exactly true. Grichik saw it and replied saying, I want to make it clear. We're not asking for special treatment. We understand that we need to stay in a quarantine bubble. We want to make everyone, we want to make sure everyone is safe. The toughest part is not allowing our family to come with us. 
that's what makes it tough for a lot of guys. So Grichik is playing the family card here. Travis Shaw seems like he's playing. I don't know what card Travis Shaw is playing with this, but the condo still. So the only time as of right now, so if, let's just say they, I think they arrived on the fourth or the fifth. They'll be here two weeks for camp. Their two weeks will end on the 19th. That'll be the 14th day. As of right they now, have so the Monday to say they are. I think they arrived on the Travis fourth. Travis Shaw is asking for. They'll be here new back for that two weeks to go out and out on Monday. Their two weeks will end on the 19th. That'll be the time. They have the Monday to say they are. I think they arrived on the fourth for this summer camp exhibition game on the 21st and the 22nd at Fenway Park. So, no, you're not going to be able to go because you're going to be flying out on the Monday. So, sorry, you're in the Rogers Center Hotel for two weeks and you are back into the United States. It's that simple. And you got to stay there. Yeah. Unless I, I do... checked that hotel's pretty big. Why aren't the families yeah. just coming and hanging out? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it, if, the comp- if the compromise is that the families can stay in there, again, I know that's a lot to ask and it's difficult that – you know, maybe two weeks after they stay in the hotel, the family can go out and sort of go out and about and come back in to the hotel here and there. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's well within the rules and you're following the law and you have the best of both worlds. Yes, you're quarantined every time you come back, but your family is there. And if you need something, they can get it for you. Assuming they can, they can do this. I Again, I know it sucks. But this is what you signed up for, bro. We're all dealing with the same shit. And I know it sucks, but the world sucks right now. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, this is it. Yep. Rant. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, top, to top that off, uh, it's not only Canada that is having a ban on this. I'm not sure if you guys saw. I retweeted it earlier. That in the Korean, uh, in the KBO, can't remember what KBO stands for. Korean baseball something. I'm not sure. Organization, I think. Anyway. Yeah, 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 the KBO organization. Uh, if a foreign KBO player, i.e. Addison Russell, Brandon Barnes, leaves his quarantine house slash area, he will be fined up to $10,000 and be deported immediately. So it's not just in Canada where foreign-born players uh, are being restricted to their bubble. And there are Americans, there are people from Latin America that are down and playing in Korea, and they're following the rules. So sorry, Travis Shaw. Sorry, Randall Grigic. You have to as well. And Adam, to your point, we'll get into the 60-game schedule in a little bit. Uh, yeah, they're not even here for a two-week stretch. That's not a thing in a 60-game season. They go to Boston for those two games, uh, exhibition games, and they fly down to Tampa, and then they're back on the 29th, uh, and then they're back out on the road again, like right after that, I think the following weekend or week. So they're not going to be able to enjoy Toronto, as we said in our text message conversation. If you want to enjoy it, come back when the season is inevitably stopped, quarantine in your house, and then you could go out and about. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that, at that point, you're 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 just doing what you have to do. And I want to be clear on this, too. I don't think any player is getting arrested. Let's get real here. Uh, maybe a <laughs> fine. Maybe a fine. But no one's getting jail time. That's these are buzzwords that are meant to make clicks. No player is going to be put in jail. Let's be real. Well, they're I, just trying to also with that to give yeah. it some weight to it too. So if you real, it's probably one of those things. Is uh, pending the weight of the offense. Right. If he right. comes over and touches every microphone and goes across everything, maybe that's a little bit more punishable. Yes. <laughs> yes. What was the play, yeah. the basketball player that did that? Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. 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 Okay. If he pulls one of those, then maybe that is a little bit more punishable. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes over and licks every apple in the supermarket or oh. <laughs> whatever it might be. 
all these stupid yeah. people are doing it, you know, things like that. I'm sorry, reality should slap you in the face if you were that stupid. Just like the one video I, my friend showed me today, somebody was spitting on a bus, and guess what? The bus driver punched him the fuck out. Yeah, right? <laughs> as he should. Doing. Yes, <laughs> as he should. So there could be some follow-up from this, guys. I mean, this is kind of the last thing I want to touch on, Shaw and Richick's comments and kind of the, the bubble, unless there's anything else you guys want to add after this. But um, the fact that the Blue Jays haven't even gotten permission to host games in Toronto with, uh, I forget how many teams, they, I guess they play eight teams that have to come from the U.S. to Toronto, nine, including the Blue Jays. Uh, they don't have permission to play in Toronto. And if you are a government official at the provincial, the federal, municipal level, and you already see that a player is uh, voicing their frustration, how can you grant the team access to host these teams here? Because that's another group of 30 initially. So when the Nationals and the Phillies come here for the first few series at home, that's 30 more people plus coaches that have to come in. The even better chance that they'll break the law too because they probably don't understand it either, right? Do you think this could hurt their chances of playing games in Toronto? Because we've seen Charlie Montoyo say how happy and gracious they are to be playing here because it's much safer. And now Travis Shaw and Richard could potentially have screwed that up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much of it hurts it, but it's definitely not helping it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I th- I, I'm still going to be shocked that they actually play home games in Toronto, just with all the, you know, just the logistics issues like you were talking about with the fact that it's not just the team, it's anything else associated with it. So, Anything that they can do to slim down how many people they have to have in that bubble. Because these are going to be all guys that are now commingling, too, in in all those shared amenities, too. It's not just, you know, the Blue Jays. Okay, the Phillies are in town. They came from Florida, too. And then it's all this bullshit and everything. So, yeah, you're possibly bringing that much more into your bubble and just (laughs) going bonkers with the shit. Right. Right. It's, you know, I, I know, speaking from Rhode Island, um, I know we joked about, hey, have it in Pawtucket. Uh, Paul Stock McCoy Stadium's open. Sure. Uh, but I know when it comes to traveling here, you still have to quarantine for two weeks. So I'm not aware of any other states, really. Maybe maybe Florida's the only one, really, or Arizona, in which you can travel there and not quarantine. So in terms <laughs> of the, the, this complaint that Travis Shaw has, and maybe to a lesser degree, Randall Graychuk, where... Uh, where did you think this was going to be admissible? Maybe in Dunedin. That's the only place. And so it's kind of like, yeah. it kind of seems like that is where this is trending. Like it's going to end up being in Dunedin where they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, which is hilarious because all the states that, like you just said, that don't have any quarantine restrictions are more states that don't even have freaking baseball teams or any professional sports to begin with. Right. Like the most notable one that does have plenty of sports is Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, they have sports, but there's no restrictions last I was aware of because one of our friends just went there for a job. And sure enough, he said, yeah, OK, they have bars with, you know, two. They are allowed to go into all the bars and restaurants and everything. And they just have everything distanced. That's it. Everything else is right. Like it was. Yeah. You know, whereas Florida is just do whatever you want. Wow, that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that, I think that's what's going to end up happening is that they're going to end up going into needing because as we mentioned, again, I don't know the social distancing uh confines that would be involved in Dunedin but we already discussed we already discussed that uh Buffalo is not an option for that reason in the clubhouse they can't social distance so it just seems like Florida Dunedin's probably going to be where it's at cuz I know New Hampshire's in the same boat you can't go out and about so yeah yeah 
I think uh, with all that's happening, it is likelier that Dunedin is becoming an option, and that's not the greatest for them either. I mean, that's just probably going to lead to a few more infections. We saw it before they came up to Toronto. There is quite a few players who had to stay back because somebody got infected, and those other players who stayed back were in contact with that player. And then being in close confines with the Phillies uh, in Clearwater, it's just I can see them starting on opening day and maybe getting a few series in, but after the teams start playing each other and they do testing regularly and the slightest spike starts, they may try to brush it under the rug at first. And then the second wave after maybe another few series, it'll be like, okay, by that point you might get a month in, maybe three weeks in. And at that point, I, I would be shocked if we make it past three weeks. That's just me. Yeah. So we have a Twitter response to this whole fun from the actual home pa- home plate lady. Make sure, oh, you stay, yeah. <laughs> just make sure you stay two umbrellas apart from each other, and you'll be no problems. There you go. <laughs> Large my umbrella right like now. Golf ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I saw a tweet that she should be the only one allowed at the games yeah, at all 100%. times. All times. Got she my needs vote to be on there. that one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We need some special escort right into the ballpark. Better. Yes, yes. <laughs> like bringing in Blue Jays royalty. Yes, yes. Red carpet and all. Well, for now, guys, we know what the living situation is for these players. We know the rules that they have to follow. We know that there's some unrest amongst two of them, at least. Who knows how many others share the same opinions as Travis Shaw does. Hopefully not many others, because I think they're taking it pretty seriously. They realize that they have been granted access that many didn't even think they should be granted to come and have summer camp in Toronto. But that's led to some fun. I mean, we've been able to see some social media posts. We've been able to see reactions from beat writers and everything. Adam, off the top of your head, from what you've seen and read, what is one name that has stood out to you through these first few posts that we've seen and the workouts and whatnot? Uh, in ter- like a positive light in terms of what had... All right, so I, I like I said, the, the Ryu uh, curveball, I just... I, I haven't really been able to inundate myself with a lot of Ryu footage since the signing. And, you know, other than what was old West Coast timing. Yeah. So it was a little <laughs> I, I obviously know of him and I obviously have seen the the main highlights. But seeing him live and at, first of all, in a Blue Jays jersey, I'm just like, all right, it's legit. And even <laughs> though he's wearing a mask and stuff, I'm like, Ace. Uh, yeah, but um, that is just filthy. And you see, I forget who was at the plate. <laughs> But you could see him just shake his head after that curveball because he was laying off and it just fell. Beautiful. It looked like it dropped from his eyes down yes. right into his knees, yeah. right above the knees in the strike zone. And it's like, Gorgeous. yeah, good luck. Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could tell he's been putting in work, and you know that's what we need, obviously. Um, also, as I mentioned already, that swing from Bobachet. I know I talk a lot about Biggio's swing. Person, I I just love his approach, but just the swing and the power and the follow-through of Bichette. Guys, I'm telling you, we already talked about it. It's his team. This is his team. He is the leader <laughs> oh, yeah. of this team. He's been and, already doing all the interviews. Yeah. and it, so. it, it's it, it kind of makes me, like, have that Vladdy hangover. I'm like, all right, let's let's see what's over here for this other person. Oh, Bo Bichette, <laughs> you're great. So I, I want to see... who's trying to get segue points. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think he's 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 the bee's knees man, and I think that he's going to have a phenomenal year, of course, assuming there will be a year to have. Yes. Could there be right. anything better than that finish for Boba Shett? 
it looks so Jose Bautista like at the end mm. of it, where he just kind of yeah. like almost like, yeah, all right, I'm facing it, I'm watching it. <laughs> it's gone, you know. It's it's there's just a thing of beauty. He knows when he uncorks it like that, and honestly, it's gonna be fun to watch him for years to come. Period. Regardless of when the heck that actually does start up is the only question, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, looking forward to it. But yeah, that has been probably my favorite thing so far in the footage. Other than um, I honestly was very impressed with that one that Roddy Telez took. Like, it looked like the other batter's box opposite yeah. field for a change, and not to mention to have that much to uncork it over the wall too. That was very very impressive. Apparently he homered again today, Rowdy. So that's two days oh, in a row. That he's that's homered. sweet. Yo, he's Whatever fighting for means. a job. He's fighting for he a is. job right now. Yeah, More segue points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. We'll, we'll give you the point, Adam. So it's 1-1. Craig needs one now. <laughs> but really quickly, Craig, I know you brought up uh, Simeon Wood-Richardson uh, with that little clip where it just was high heat and it seemed like it just went right by whoever was at the play. I mean, that was impressive to watch, wasn't it? Very, very impressive. This is exactly why everybody was like, okay, well, it's great we got Anthony Kay in that trade for Strowman, but this is really was the main centerpiece with Simeon Woods-Richardson. And the fact that we were able to steal K at the same time, it's freaking, uh, you know, everybody was upset with that trade initially. Right now, there is no reason in hell to know that the Blue Jays have done nothing but win that trade. And seeing what's coming with Simeon Woods-Richardson in any of these coming weeks here, with any glimpse we get to see of what his future could be, is going to make everybody see that really, really quickly. Kids in Crabble. And I know it's only an inter-squad game that they were doing today, but Anthony Kay started, and apparently he went four innings today and didn't give up a run. So nice. Anthony Kay's starting where he picked off last year. And he's a potential <laughs> bullpen candidate. I'm sure we'll get into this closer to uh, whatever the opening day is for 60 days, whatever. We'll probably record the night before that and touch on the roster. You could make it out of the bullpen. But Adam, your segue points are kicking in right now because uh, – Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is now the talk of baseball, honestly. Um, it's been yeah. covered on High Heat on MLB Network. Um, every single outlet uh, has picked it up. Um, anybody that I've seen in my feed, even 49ers fans who are big into baseball, were saying, oh, this is good for my fantasy team. And my <laughs> fantasy team. Like, fantastic. As long as is that means dual position now all of a sudden? Give me <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what they're, they're asking about. It's like, well, will he still get a third base eligibility and his first base eligibility? That's what has happened, and that's the big news all around baseball is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is already moving off of third base and going to first base. And the initial reaction I've seen from people on Twitter, I think Scotty Mitchell summed it up perfectly, is with Vlad at first base, the Blue Jays are a much better team they are, uh, that they are today than they were yesterday with that position change. Adam, do you agree? Do you like the timing of the move for Vlad Jr.? Seems to make sense if you're going to have a 60-game season, give it a try and see what happens. I love it. And obviously this is, I thought this was going to happen. Maybe the latest 2022. I thought they were going to give him like a pretty long stretch to chill out a third or wait until Groshans is ready to come up. But again, having said that they are a better team there. He doesn't have to worry about his footwork. Doesn't have to worry necessarily about getting injured. Doesn't have to worry about, I know there's no turf now there's dirt, but still at the same time, there seemed like last year there was a little bit of a mental mind fuck when it came to his approach at third base versus approach at a plate at the plate rather the errors that he would make at third sort of bled over to his approach at the plate and maybe it's just part of maturing um 
So having that sort of leisure at first base, and I'm not saying it's an easy position, but it is a much easier position than third base, um, especially given the the discrepancy of righties versus lefties. Um, I think he's going to do just fine. I think it's a natural fit. Um, but let's let's be honest. I know they're saying Travis Shaw is going to play third. Cool, whatever, and for a year maybe. But this is all about Groshans. That let's be clear about this. This is all about yeah. Jordan Groshans. Yeah. Well, just think about how many more reps he's going to get during this inner squad stuff at third base without Vladdy blocking him. Yes. Yeah. So totally. We know that, that. Well, not to mention just even Groshans. You know, how many middle infielders do we have, guys, that probably are going to project really, really well? as short, second, third basemen, and corner outfielders. There is so much freaking talent up the middle for this team. They have to have somewhere to put them. And I'm sorry to say we all know that Vlad's bat is going to carry a million times over in the major leagues. But having him taking up a spot at third baseman for, at somebody that's going to be immensely defensively better at, Yes, this does make the team better, regardless of it right now is the, you know, the interim solutions to Travis Shaw. Right. I just think it's hilarious. You guys saw my terrible joke when I, we were talking before this. That it was a little odd. <laughs> Dude, that I was freaked talking out. about how. <laughs> you, you, right, no, right. It's already gone. <laughs> oh, he makes a few comments on Twitter. And next thing you know, Vlad Jr. is playing first base. It's like, oh, OK, by the way, maybe you yeah, should be looking for a job almost. Right. <laughs> we know that that's not the case. And we know that this team has actually been very, very confident in the fact of what they have seen, all, even in early spring from Travis Shaw. So we are going to get to see Travis Shaw in the middle, probably somewhere in the middle of this lineup, guys, but playing third base. And I think that is a better position for him to be playing anyways. You're almost wasting a lot of his range at first base. And when you got Biggio on that side of the ball, too, it's going to look all right with Vlad on that side of the infield. Yep. Yep. Going to save the pitcher some runs. Better defense. Uh, on that side of the diamond when you have Shaw and Bo Bichette on their cabin uh, at second base. But you're right. Uh, I forget who brought it up earlier, but this does have some implications on other men on this roster. And the first one, first and foremost, is Rowdy Tellez. Uh, does this automatically put pressure on Rowdy that he has to perform? Because this also has lesser impacts on T. Oscar, who we've been talking about all offseason, would make the perfect DH. So now yeah. you have Vlad getting first and DH reps. You have the Oscar, who we were hoping to get DH reps, and now Rowdy, who was also first base slash DH. Now it's crowded over there. You got three guys. Um, is this who, who has more pressure on them? Is it Rowdy, or could it be the Oscar as well, knowing how many outfields they uh, they are carrying? I think it's going to put most on Rowdy like, yeah. because it's going to play on his defensive time at first base. I think Teoscar is going to find a way to get into this lineup one way or the other. As much as I don't want to say it as as an outfielder. I think that's where he's going to inevitably end up, guys. And I think it's just because of lack of options. Yes, we did get a nice little option added to that 60-man roster in the last 24 hours, 48 hours with Austin Martin. But you're not going to expect him to run out and play left field, center field, whatever, right this second. So in medium ballpark area, you at least need somebody to carry that over. And it's going to be Tay Oscar playing in the outfield. It's going to be him, Gritchick, and Guriel. And in all reality, guys, I know I've said this before, and I think you guys agree with me. It would not shock me that Gurriel is one of the most athletic out of those three, that he ends up being a center fielder probably rather sooner than later, especially when you're looking at what we kind of are bringing to the table. Yeah. It's kind of insulting when you're talking about that. We got guys like Travis Shaw, Boba Shett, and Biggio, and everybody around the infield that we just, so it's like, yeah, roll the dice in the outfield. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> 
Absolutely. No, it's it's a pretty big talking point, Vlad, moving over there already. I, I like you, Adam, didn't think it would happen this quickly. I guess it signifies that, you know what, uh, it does make the team better in 2020, but it's also going to make them that much better in 2021 uh, when they could be much more formidable. Austin Martin could be in the lineup, and that's the Nolan Arenado next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Maybe a trade is on the horizon, you know? Maybe they're discussing something oh. right now at the Rockies. Not the first big oh trade that made with Colorado. It would be the <laughs> one, not the first thing we predicted on this show either. Oh, I know. <laughs> so that was like one of our most listened ones. <laughs> yeah, it is still the most listened one. Was how we how do you bring Nolan Arenado to Toronto? <laughs> that would be too perfect. That is that is this team being a championship team for years to come if you bring in somebody like that. And if that is why they're moving somebody around already. More power to him, but I would highly doubt that's the reason. They know that they know that Travis Shaw is a good third baseman, and we saw it honestly. I remember him just destroying and vacuuming up balls when he was with the Red Sox as a third baseman on the same turf. Yes, yeah. Mayfield's changed a little bit, but as far as it goes, the turf turf part of the ballpark is still the same. And if that's what we're gonna get, don't let Vladdy's you know stature fool you at first base either. If he's got third base you know, instincts at first base guys, that's somebody that could sneak in the, a good conversation for being a really good defensive first baseman. Right. Right. So absolutely. But trying yeah, to remember it, what, who's done that, but names are escaping me right now, but there's been a couple big names that made that move over the years from third Melky. base to first base. Melky. Melky. Yeah. yeah. Melky's done it. Um, yeah. It, for me, it's, it, it, it does spell trouble. For, for Rowdy, for sure. I don't see how this is going to be anything that will benefit him. Because when you think of Rowdy Tellez, if we're, if we're talking Rowdy Tellez versus Teoscar Hernandez, right? Um, who slumps harder, right? Probably Teoscar, if we're really honest. Like, Teoscar probably slumps harder. But who hits his ceiling higher? It's Teoscar. More than Rowdy, right? So or at you least want that upside. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I, Rowdy definitely has a higher floor. But Teoscar has the higher ceiling. So what do you want out of that? You want the higher ceiling. So in yeah. that aspect, I could totally see Rowdy Tellez being trade bait uh, come the end of August, right? It's August 31st. That's the trade deadline. I could totally see that happening. Um, and just sort of you can sort out the roster a little bit more because you're right. It is sort of a cluster right now. And I think he's earned the right not to be in AAA right now. Like, he's just a yeah. natural DH and a natural first baseman. So put him on a squad that needs that rather than just log jamming the position. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, no better way of saying it. I agree with that. Uh, third base is now also open. I know he said Jordan Groshans, but Austin Martin, who played a lot of third base at Vanderbilt. I know we've penciled Austin Martin into the outfield because he'd probably be the best one, at least athletically, and maybe <laughs> even at the bat all around maybe right but, now uh, <laughs> oh absolutely and martin has officially signed his deal uh with the blue jays it is worth i think it was what close to seven and a half mil maybe a little I bit over seven, seven and, and a half. half over seven yeah over seven uh with the blue jays he's in the organization he's been added to the 60-man player pool so who knows maybe uh, if he gets here in time we'll be able to see him in the inner squad games on tuesday and wednesday you never know uh correct me if i'm wrong guys wasn't that the record for us signing a yes. signing pool guy yes. for yes. Toronto Blue Jays as well. Not to yes. mention as a Scott Boris client. Well, that's Things are looking nice for us being able to steal James Paxton next year. That's what getting close to ninety million dollars in signings of Boris clients in the past half a year. If you go back yep. to December with Ben Ryu and now Austin Martin, 
I think it's safe to say that the relationship with Scott Boris has officially been repaired after it was broken down hard by Paul Beeston back in the day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Left for dead would be the way of <laughs> describing it. Oh yeah. But it goes to show you the the faith that you have in this front office, right? We I remember last week we were talking about you know, getting kind of nervous. Is this going to happen? And you didn't want the the typical Blue Jays response of, oh, sorry, just too expensive for us. You, we had the chance to get probably the best player in the draft all around player in the draft. You got to pay that price. And it. I'm confident in this organization, specifically during a pandemic. All right. That this sort of raises the gravity a little bit where, you know, income and dividends are a little bit flicky when it comes to years previously. Um, this is a good sign about the confidence that they have in this pick, especially if they're willing to put him on the 60 this quickly. I, I, I was saying it in jest on Twitter. Like, put him on the 60, you cowards. And I know a lot of other people <laughs> did it, too. But as soon as I saw the announcement, I'm just like, man, this is like a new Blue Jays kind of attitude and yeah. feel to it. And it definitely makes me pumped about the future of this organization, for sure. Did you guys see the video I retweeted earlier about them actually re-signing him? Or no. Actually not re-signing, actually signing Austin Martin. But it basically, it ends up summing up with the end of it. It shows Boris and him talking and then mm. austin martin talking with shapiro oh yeah 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 and the yes. midst of that that shapiro piece of it actually hit home to me as a blue jay fan it's not just the fact that he's now talking to him about that not only are you going to be a big piece of this but we have a lot of the, the future is only getting brighter and i really am confident in that fact that what he said was that this organization is one of the best in major league baseball going forward period and i d didn't have any shaking of confidence in that when you look at this yeah. minor league system what they've done with it the fact that they dumped money into the training facility in florida to make it a world-class facility the fact is it is a lot brighter going forward hopefully post-pandemic next season and hopefully even in the next coming weeks with the blue jays actually being able to get into some playing i'm also very confident that boba shet's right that this team's better than it looks mm -hmm. yes no you're not wrong i i think all the past few trade deadlines if we have to accumulate talent and you know the uh what was it how many years of control was it it was 42 <laughs> 42 11 42 <laughs> 42 years of control i think yep. it's safe to say that we are pretty much out of that mindset now that we've signed ryu we have austin martin locked up it's set the pieces are set in place for them to go out there and play 60 games in 2020 and that leads into our schedule talk gentlemen oh, um God. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but uh, obviously everything is weird about 2020 uh, and the 2020 schedule. Uh, there's obviously, as everybody knows, only 60 games. But I'll just start by saying, wasn't it a little strange that uh, it hasn't even started yet and they already released the schedule for 2021? Did anybody else kind of, did they need some excitement <laughs> to be built in because baseball will probably just end up <laughs> finishing really quickly after it starts? Like, that was just a little... <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem like we were going to get the 2021 schedule until the normal time, which is September. They just right? wanted to yeah. make sure that we knew Vladdy Bobblehead Day was still coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. And to, to, res to reserve your tickets for Canada Day as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool. It was sort of a, a back and like a sandwich. Right, you get the 60 game schedule. Oh, don't forget about 2021. It's still a thing. Like we're still here. We hope. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. maybe it was just to sort of boost the optimism 
when it comes to this season and say, if you like what you see now, don't worry. We're still planning on going forth uh, with normalcy next year, with assuming knock on desk, there's a, there's a vaccine there. So I thought it was cool. I, I like the double whammy effect, and it gives me something to, to hope for, and it actually doesn't need uh, leave me waiting for something else. So I liked it. For sure. For sure. You got your games picked out already for your promo days? <laughs> oh, it'd be great. I haven't. I know that they carried over a lot of the ones from what was supposed to be 2020. Yes. Uh, some bobbleheads are all the same. It's pretty much the exact same stuff. So anything like Star Wars Night, I'm sure they're going to have again next year. It was yep. easy to release the promo schedule. But hey, uh, already all set. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's Rematch. all ready to go. <laughs> but in terms of 2020, guys, what was your initial reaction when you saw uh, the first few weeks? Because for a 60-game season, you can't really start off by losing three out of four, four out of five. And what do you know? The Blue Jays get three at the House of Horrors. I guess the Tampa Bay Rays, and then they have to go play the Washington Nationals, the defending World Series champions. And what do you know? You come back to Toronto and play those same Washington Nationals, and then the Philadelphia Phillies. So, yeah, Frank, what was your <laughs> what was your thoughts when you saw how they opened the season playing Tampa, uh, Washington, and Washington again, and then Philadelphia? I think it's pretty bad that more or less you have 20 games right off the bat that are sucked. So more or less, I went, fuck. <laughs> it's really the only way of saying it. Because not only do you mention after the Nationals, they got the Phillies, then the Atlanta Braves, and then the fucking Boston Red Sox again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be a truck. The only saving grace in the midst of that is not only do we get to play the Orioles and the, the Marlins after that, but that's basically the rest of the month or the middle of the month there is the only the Rays being the wild card once you get in August. But then once again, at the end of August, we got the Red Sox and back to being back and forth between Baltimore and company. It's going to be rather interesting as far as where it goes. I just don't think there's enough wiggle room. They, they're going to have to find ways to split these series, follow the old Cito Gaston uh, mentality. As long as you play 500 baseball against good teams, you're going to have a good season because you're going to run into those teams that you should be winning against. There is plenty yeah. of room for them to be able to sneak into this and stuff. Like, and there's chances. It's just a lot of things are going to have to break the Blue Jays' way to be able to break, especially that initial brunt of the schedule. Adam, what were your thoughts on the uh, first few weeks of the season? Uh, initially? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, yes. yes, that was my first reaction. Um, you know, obviously the the House of Horrors starting off, not just given the fact that it's Tampa Bay traditionally, but given the fact that they're going to Florida during this time, doesn't give me the uh the best of hopes. But then yeah. following that is the Nationals uh twice and then the Phillies, and then the Braves, and then the Red Sox, more to your point, Craig. And then you get, like, this nice layoff with the Marlins, and, oh, back to playing Tampa, but this time in Toronto. <laughs> uh, and then Baltimore. Well, oh, the then, yeah, then Tampa again, but you're going back. And then the it's just it's one thing after another. So the way I'm looking at this is this. It's like this. They have to beat the Orioles every single game. And, and Orioles and the Marlins, there should be no excuse. You have to win those games, period. <laughs> If they can go slightly over 500 against the Rays, I'm telling you now they're in. They'll be yeah, in. Yeah. I think they're in. And and if you go 500 against the Red Sox and whatever against the Yankees, 10 games in September against the Yankees, I think yep. it is. Christ, no. No, it, it's <laughs> no. No. So you need to capitalize on these games early. You have to. You have to capitalize on these games early if you want any shot of making the postseason. If you can start off with the run, and I know the Blue Jays typically don't do this, 
But if you can start off with a nice run in the beginning of the season, bleed into the end of August into September, you have a legitimate shot. And if there's one season that you can do this, it's this. You have to do it now. Absolutely. Guys, I have one question to ask about the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees team obviously is a freaking juggernaut of talent at this point. But those late season games that would have been normally in Yankee Stadium, do they carry the same weight when there's not going to be anybody yelling and screaming and booing and throwing shit at the players? It's going to be well, a little different with not having that that piece of it. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, more to your point, Craig, I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to crowd noise, if they're going to pipe that in. Um, I imagine there's going to be some sort of atmospheric sound. But was it going to be hecklers? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> you they'll have, like just Joe Rogan doing his shitty podcast, y'all yeah. screaming after you. I'll through the movie. <laughs> Could be, you know, I don't. Maybe they'll they'll record or have recordings of, you know, the the stereotypical Yankee sounds. My argument though for this is maybe it's not as bad as there's a good chance the Yankees would have already clinched at this point. And if they're right. dealing with the pandemic, why would you want to play your your mainstays? And this could even give the Blue Jays a more oppor- more of an opportunity to capitalize. So there, yeah. it's a nice little balancing act that you can think of. Yeah, I think if they are able to, I honestly just hope for one when they go to Tampa to open up the season, uh, and then you know take two out of the four that you play against Washington, and then you get going against the Phillies because I think the Phillies are kind of to me at least in the same boat as the Red Sox, where I think that they might mm-hmm. be a tad overrated. Um, I know we've talked about it. We broke down the rosters back before spring training. Uh, Boston's wildly overrated in my mind. I mean, I think people are giving them a lot of credit for no reason. And Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, I believe what he got COVID-19, didn't he? So yeah. I don't think he is able to going to be able to start the season on time, uh, assuming yeah. that it will be good to go by then. So Red Sox have no pitching staff. They have no bullpen. They didn't have a bullpen last year. And I know the Phillies have a better rotation, but for some reason, I just think the Blue Jays could play the Phillies decently well. I know the Braves will be competitive, uh, but if you can get through that stretch, you know, even if they're two games below, maybe even three or four, you got to take advantage of the back half of August when you get the Marlins, you get the Rays again, you're going to have to play well against the Rays, as you said, Adam, but then you get the I Orioles. I think that's a wild card, and the whole linchpin to the thing right there is the Rays. Yes, you, have, it, it to, is. you have to go over 500 against the Rays. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if, if, if they started 2-1 and one against the Rays in that first series, and then you go Ooh. and take two out of four against against Washington, you're in it. Like, I, I'm yes. sorry. Like, that's just one stretch. You're in it the rest yes. of the year pretty yeah. much. I'm confident. <laughs> Until the next time you play them. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, I know. Yeah, was there anything else, guys, about the 2020 schedule that you saw that kind of caught your eye? I mean, we're not going to be able to go to the game, so it's not like the start times will affect us at all. But I do kind of like that they pushed it up by half an hour to start at 630 because we don't need to give fans the commute time to get down to the game. And I found it interesting that they're playing their Sunday games at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I guess maybe a little bit of an advantage. You don't have to wake up early. You're not really going anywhere and you living in the Rogers Center, so just come down, play your game, and you're gone by 6.30, and you're at the airport by 7.30, and you're up yeah. to your next stadium. Yeah. I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that it's not as big of a getaway day. It's not like you're yeah. going cross-country anymore. It's like, okay, you're going to be you know, in your module until <laughs> yeah. the playoffs. So I think, I think that's why you get those weird times. So that'll be good. Maybe I can actually not have to worry about leaving, skipping work early. 
yeah. <laughs> catching those games on some of the weeknights even for getaway day on a one o'clock day and a Wednesday. <laughs> you know, that and the fact that there are no West Coast games, so you're not staying up until ten like one o'clock yeah. in the morning. These are all viewable games, especially with someone like me who has a two year old. I'm just like, Oh god, I'm so tired. What By the you... <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if they're Why starting at six thirty like Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. But, uh, you know, I know the Blue Jays have been flirting with the uh, the four o'clock start times on Sundays for the past couple of years, and they've been well received. So having a three o'clock start time, uh, just being at the house rather than having to go to the ballpark and waiting in line and whatnot, you would probably would have arrived there at three o'clock anyway. So if you're just staying yep. at your house and watching it yep. at three, it's not a big deal. So I, I kind of applaud the the three o'clock start time for a Sunday. I think that's a nice little area in which you can enjoy a ball game without it interfering with your day. Yeah. Yeah. After lunch, before dinner, I think it's right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and the half an hour makes a difference too. Like you would be going to bed at nine, nine thirty, uh, instead of closer to ten, ten thirty. And for people with kids, uh, that makes a difference for sure. Being able to go to bed early and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. But uh, I wonder if maybe they'll do some experimenting with these Saturday games that they're going to be at night, like six thirty. Uh, mm. perhaps that's something they look into for doing when fans are back. I know they talked about that with the survey before landing on three o'clock on Saturdays or four o'clock, whatever. But yeah, mm. I think it's a season to try things, which they're doing with Vlad. They're doing it with these different start times, considering that there's going to be no fans and they can do whatever they want, basically. So anything else about the 2020 schedule that stood out to you guys? I think we pretty much covered it. There's only 60 games to cover. <laughs> Other than there's there's a legitimate chance, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Blue Jays fan. I really believe there's a legitimate chance they could do it. Yeah, I really do too. I think there's enough ta- there's enough talent on this team, even as it sits right now. Yes, it might be a little bit young and on the raw side, but guys, if everything clicks, this team could be the team of the future right now, not the yeah. future. <laughs> yeah. They have a good year. If they even if they miss out on the playoffs by a few games. That's enough to carry over to the next year, knowing that you put it together for 60 and then you just got to do that two more times next year and you're good to go. Hey, not to mention know. adding any little pieces over the way. Yeah. Who knows what comes yeah, between know. this season off season. Um, so there was 2020 and we also got 2021, as we said, was there anything about 2021 that stood out for me right away? Um, the last few years since they've had, uh, the home opener in March and push the season back a little bit. The Blue Jays have always opened at home because you'll be guaranteed to get those games in with the roof. But in 2021, on April Fool's Day, they open up at Yankee Stadium uh, against the New York Yankees. I know don't we don't joking around. Time. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully there's a vaccine by then. But uh, was there anything about 2021 right off the hop? I know we probably haven't gone in depth on anything other than the promotions, but anything that stood out to you guys about 2021? Who do we have for the interleague? I didn't look. The East again. So we'll get Washington, Atlanta, the Mets, uh, the Marlins, and the Braves. Yeah, let's just make it more difficult. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The NL East is turning into one of the better divisions in baseball. It is. Even the Mets can be competitive with Marcus Stroman. (laughs) <laughs> um, so what I look at in, again, I, we talked about it last week, the, the Canada day game. I know it's a big deal. It always is for the reasons we already covered. If you guys want to listen, or if you want to check that out, dig into the archives, listen. Um, but Brendan, this is more towards you and I don't want to like completely take over in terms of questioning, but when it comes to Seattle in July, 
for on July 1st. How how I, I know there's a huge presence in Seattle when it comes to Blue Jays fans because of the Western Canada atmosphere. Do you think this this will encourage those that live in Western Canada to come see them in Toronto and make it even more of like a thing? Or do you think maybe uh, yeah. that I'm, I'm just overthinking it? Oh, I, I think there could be a connection there for sure. I mean, there's probably a few Canadians that are even Mariners fans that just want a more local team to go drive down and see, right? Right. Um, yeah. I know that everybody from Alberta, Calgary's, I think a nine, 10 hour drive from Seattle. So you could do it if you wanted to go take a few days off. Vancouver's just two hours north. Uh, and yeah, but there are some local Canadians in Alberta and, and in um, at BC that would be fans of the Mariners probably. So I can see it. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, if that became a little bit of a thing, uh, one really cool thing would be if they did the reverse and played Canada Day in Seattle for everybody on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah, that, that would be a little <laughs> different. Now, honestly, that would be a whole new level of the invasion. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But Seattle would have to embrace it. They, yeah. They're stupid and not. Anyways, are you really gonna ignore that many people that are migrating to your city just to have fun? Yeah. I just don't true. understand the whole issue in the midst of this whole thing. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you're having a Canadian holiday on American soil. Yeah. What's the difference? It's still about yeah. Blue Jay baseball, or just in general. I would assume there's plenty of Canadians that go on travel, anyways. Mm. Whether it's the yeah. states or another, you know, province or whatever it might be. So if it's for Blue Jay baseball and it's on the West Coast, great. Perfect. Mm, mm. Wouldn't be the worst of ideas. They know the Major League Baseball, I think, is well aware of that uh, Canadian invasion that's going on in Seattle every year when they make the schedule. Um, more, more to the question, though, about what I noticed about the 2021 schedule. There's a lot of two game series, quite a bit of them. Yeah, you're right. A lot of them. Um, you got the in April, you got the two in Boston and then June. Uh, I'm just going down in the in this. And I know I'm not going chronologically here, but yeah. you got two in June in, in Miami, and then you got two in August in Washington. There's there's quite a bit of two game schedule, and I don't know if that's them trying to balance thing out or try something new, but it is sort of interesting on how they're handling that. And you know, I'm I'm not against it. Yeah. Um. But it is I, I don't know. It's it's it, I we've had them before. It's this is not unusual, but I think the amount of them is a little bit unusual, unless you guys disagree. It's definitely waited to no, the front end of the season. Mm. They seem to have gotten away from that lately, too. I remember when I first got into baseball, there's a lot more two-game series. Uh, and they kind of got away from it for a little while, and now they brought it back, maybe because the interleague, you know, where you got those teams that you play two and two. So you got the two at home and two in the road. Maybe it makes for some of those. But two against Boston, I don't know why you would do that against a division rival. It seems a little weird. Uh, that's on um, the the marathon week. That's why. So Monday oh, the nineteenth is the Boston Marathon, and then the two games. Um, so those are that's a pretty big deal. So that April twentieth game is definitely going to be a midday game for the Red Sox Blue Jays. They always do it. Um, I'm just happy that there's a weekend game in Boston that I can actually go to because last year there was none. It was all weekdays. So now in they June, were, they weren't at Fenway on the weekend. Uh, during the week, no, not on the weekend. It's crazy. Oh wow. Now, thanks to COVID that I actually have vacation time, I might have to make my way up for that series, too, Adam. And we might have to have a little, uh, you know, I'll, left field rules uh, show or something. Come to come to Pro- Providence. Come to Boston. Yeah. Come to Providence, too, but come to come to Boston. It, it'll be fun. We should I'm do just going to pull do what I do uh, to Brendan all the time. I'm just going to find couch space there in your garage. That's fine. <laughs> you can chill in the cave, man. There's plenty of space in the cave. 
There you I've go. Canadian soil down there. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. There you go. There's, there's a flag here somewhere. I'm telling you. <laughs> One uh. other thing I noticed is, um, especially the last few years, they've really tried to schedule whenever they go play the Tigers uh, on weekends. I think uh, maybe the Tigers have requested that because they know how many people will drive down. Uh, and maybe it's just a way to spark the rivalry again. They're so close uh, location-wise, three three hours, three-and-a-half-hour drive uh, yeah. from Toronto down to 401. I, I'm all for re-sparking the Detroit Tigers rivalry because that is match made in heaven with how close they are. It's the closest team to the Blue yeah. Jays driving distance. So uh, I like that they have that. And the weekend before they go to Comerica, the Tigers are in Toronto on a weekend. So I would love if they kept that up and, and brought that rivalry back a little bit. Yeah, we're past the Cecil Fielder days a little bit. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that, and not to mention the, the Tigers look a long ways away from that ri- becoming a rivalry again. Even though we're researching yeah. their, <laughs> their their first round draft pick will probably actually be playing this season. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, it would be a really cool to keep that link together there and one way or the other especially if they do any kind of restructuring or anything you guys remember when this was a you know three division race before 90 you know before 94 that was a huge rivalry because the tigers quote-unquote fell into a lot of those you know late season pushes for the division leads and stuff like that how everything was aligned prior so that was a really fun time for baseball and things that could be very easily resurged Mm. Anybody down Obviously, for uh, both to be Anybody down for Cleveland on a weekend? That's another one I noticed is that the last few years Cleveland's been on a weekend as well. And that's four hour drive from Toronto, four and a half hours. So I mean, that's four hours from Rochester too. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I'm gonna find a way to visit both of you. That'll work. I'll yeah. be the medium in between. <laughs> right. I'm down to the Cleve. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Is there any other thoughts before we wrap it up? We've covered a lot. There's been a lot of news uh, today uh, and this week as a whole. Finally, I feel like I got some stuff to actually talk about as opposed to drawing us strings and trying to come up with topics. Uh, is there anything else? Manfred needed to be put on trial. Just saying. Yeah, no, he did. He did. <laughs> but if there was something Just to talk about, he wouldn't have been on trial. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's good to see everything's kind of progressing back to normal here. Even if we are going to have Vladdy at first base and all these other things that changed literally in the last 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of a question to ask you guys to wrap it up. How many games do they get in? And if you were to predict a game on the schedule that it's like, we're not, we're done. Where, where do you go? How far are you going into August or even the few weeks in July before they have to shut it down? Do you want me to be the bad guy first, or be the bad guy? <laughs> or you want me to go first and be the optimist? No, so I'll be like the, the bad devil guy. and angel thing going on. <laughs> so, again, I know at the at the jump of the show we were talking about the quarantine rules, and I know that other states are doing the same thing. But because Toronto with the Blue Jays seem to be in the forefront of the news about this, um, given the fact that they're going to be in Tampa for the first weekend or the first rather three games of the season. And given the fact that there has been a reported pushback with the start of the season in terms of staying in your bubble, I'd be surprised if they made it to mid-August. I'd be surprised, very surprised if they made it to the trade deadline, being dead serious. And I think because of what we're hearing about Toronto, again, I don't want to make them the bad guys. But given the strict nature of how they have to stay quarantined for two weeks at a time in Toronto, 
coming to and from Florida 10 times in the season, yeah. I, I'm not optimistic. I, I, I'd give it till at best mid-August. That's my prediction. <laughs> Craig? So I'm going to say somehow that um, in a wonderful world where they're just going to kick anybody out that isn't going to be, uh, you know, following these quarantine rules and stuff like that. And uh, how many people are going to opt out because of these new quarantine rules probably in the next week that um, I'm going to say this is going to last. I don't think it's going to be too crazy. I really think somehow that the players that want to be there are going to find a way to make this work. Anybody that's got the family things or this or that or anything that's pulling them this way or another are going to have to opt out, and that's just what's going to have to happen. I hate to say it, and I don't want to see a lot of these stars opt out, but I think that's the only way that some of these people are going to follow all the quarantine rules. And I just think that the players are probably going to be the ones that want to be there. And hopefully this will work out. I really think that the Blue Jays have a chance to win this. And I would really hate to see it be screwed up by, you know, stupid people in Florida. Um, <laughs> if I can just say one more thing, because I, I just thought of something. Absolutely. While you, were, you were speaking, Craig. You're talking about leadership. You're talking about holding people accountable. Right now, I feel more than ever we need Ken Giles. Right. I, I feel like he is the guy that yeah. keeps everything together and keeps people accountable. So this is not the year to trade away Ken Giles, guys. It's just no. not, don't do it. And I think <laughs> Ken Giles is going to be the guy going, what'd you go to the store for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and get in someone's face. That's it. No, go to your room. <laughs> all kidding aside, if, if there's a legitimate conversation now, but today this needs to happen. Charlie Montoyo needs to prove his weight as a manager today. Not just managing a team in game, but being a leader and being that guy that heads your team. Yeah. He needs to be that guy. Be like, okay, you need to tell me today, today, are you going to be all in or are you all out? If you're all out, no hard feelings. I'll see you next year. But if you're yeah. all in, you are all in. And I swear to fuck, I will bench you if you're not. I <laughs> swear I will bench you even if it means us losing a game. And Ken yeah. Giles needs to be there like... Yeah. Just rubbing his fist. I am uh, I am not Put afraid to call in Ken Giles to pull out the fist of cuff. Yes, he <laughs> needs to be the enforcer of this. I say that somewhat in jest, but I'm being kind of serious. There needs to be a leader that says we have a legitimate shot of winning this year, more so than any other year. In in fact, every team sort of has an even playing field right now, minus maybe the Yankees and maybe the Dodgers, even though David Price isn't playing, but still yeah. There is a legitimate shot for under-the-radar teams to get in. And once you're in, anything can happen. So if you want to throw that away, fine, but you need to tell us right now. And there needs to be a legitimate, honest-to-goodness conversation about it now. Yeah. This guy beats himself up, literally. So I would yes. hope he would hold other people accountable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. I, I am going to predict that there's going to be rumblings around August 11th, 12th, when they play the Marlins, that stuff may start to crumble. I think maybe they get to Labor Day. Um, and if cases just become way too bad, they shut it down. It's like, guys, we gave it a good try. We got in 40 games, 27 games, like a little bit over half uh, or a little bit close to half. And at that point, they just really can't do it no more. Um I think they'll get more in than uh, uh, I, I would have originally thought. I definitely think we'll get an opening day, and I think we'll get the first few series of the year. It seems like it's trending that way. And that has me excited. That was the question I asked off the top, is if you have kind of pushed aside those uh, 
the moral compass a little bit to get excited because I think people deserve to be excited. If the players want to play and do it, then we should watch and enjoy it because other than European sports, we have nothing in North right. America right now other than Major League Soccer. So enjoy baseball if it comes back. And uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, going to be the most interesting year we have ever seen when it comes to North American sports. Yeah, agreed. So on that note, I'm just going to say thank you very much to the 153 listeners that we had this evening. No way. So we have our first royal member of the family here and some of the other ones. (laughs) Dan Bott and actually Toronto Sports View tuned in this evening, too. So thank you very much, Blue Jays fans. We're very happy to have you as excited as we are here on Jaybird Watching, joining the uh, you know, our barroom chat here and all our terrible drinking games and, you know, hoping for Love Bat Blue sponsorships and other beer vendors so we can get Every free week. beer for the show. I forgot to give the opening shout out to Labat <laughs> when we got going. You I'm like, tagged oh, them, though. You tagged <laughs> them, so it's all good. Yeah, I, did tag them. <laughs> I did my little literal product placement where I went. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> kind of I popped my second. But you got to so show the logo. The logo needs to be visible. And well, frisbee count. toss. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, good go. times, fellas. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, let's end it how we normally do, gentlemen, with a let's go Blue Jays. Let's go, let's Blue, go Jays. Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.